Welcome everybody to the Shop Notes podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about some work that we're doing on the magazine. So you get to see inside the sausage plant as <laughs> things get made here. How did you know that was my nickname in college? Right. Yeah. I'm joined today, as always, by Logan Whitmer and special guest Dylan Baker. So uh, stick around and we'll get things started. This episode of the Shop Notes Podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques, to furniture projects, to shop projects, you can find it all in Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com. All right, so magazine. Yes, that's what we do. Yeah, it's one, one of the, of the things, things we do. We've yeah. been spreading our wings on what we have yeah. been able to do with the magazine. Yep. But uh, Dylan, since you're kind of the new guy on the podcast here, I was thinking maybe start with, well, Throw new guy the on the end. podcast, <laughs> but also new guy in relative terms for the magazine too. Sure. So can you describe a little bit of like what your workflow is okay. throughout? Kind of say, a day to day. Yeah. yeah. Do a little uh, job shadowing verbally. Um, so I am a project designer here at Woodsmith Magazine. Um, you know, a lot of what I initially was doing and ultimately still do um, is the designing of the products or the, the, yeah, the projects that go into the magazine. Um, there's also a series of uh, products that we have started to kind of design and sell as kind of an extension of our magazine and our brand. Um, the creative director, Fish, Chris Fitch, and I um, do those um, um, in conjunction with the projects we do for the magazine. Um, we do some of the building, too. We do have a shop craftsman um, right as of right now that does a lot of the building. But um, at any given time, as you guys know, we've got several things going. So uh, building is certainly a part of that. Um, newly... Um, I'm kind of going to start branching into maybe doing some editorial, but also design work for popular woodworking, which is a recent acquisition of ours. Um, again, just to kind of utilize uh, the experience and the skill set that I have to kind of help out our um, sister or brother companies. I mean, we're all kind of one now, but uh, that the bulk of my day, again, just goes into a lot of research and development, um, a lot of uh, digital modeling. Um, when I first came on, I wasn't super proficient with the uh, modeling program, so I did a lot of sketching, but a lot of the, I guess, sketching I do now, I feel like I do in the computer. It just um, visually, uh, it helps me explain to uh, our editors um, and illustrators and anybody else involved, just kind of where my head's at and uh, get initial thoughts, um, what needs to change, uh, what's gonna work, what's not. Um, but uh, again, day to day, a lot of it's uh, research, a lot of modeling. Um, checking in with the shop craftsmen, certainly if uh, they're working off uh, directly off of our digital drawing. So I usually like to make sure that they're they have everything they need. Any questions are answered. Where I screw up, you know, where am I going to screw up? <laughs> so um, again, that's I, that's that's kind of the abbreviated version. I would say day to day of of what I have going on. So sure. What was uh, you know when you were interviewing here? How does your how does your day-to-day job experience now look compared to what you had maybe thought as expectations coming in? Sure. Because one thing that I think of is like when I started, which was longer ago than, than you, but I was thinking that it was going to be, 
you know, I was going to be pretty much just like my own person right. taking on tasks. Working and it ended up being a remarkably collaborative, mm-hmm. as much as I hate buzzwords, yeah. environment. Yeah, I, I think just, you know, again, working for... Well, again, we work for a magazine, but it, it's it's inescapable, and it's certainly part of the um, it, it's it's part of the job. And I knew that going in, but I think you just coming from somebody that was working solo for five years outside of school, you know, you were the most objectionable person in your life, so you really had <laughs> only yourself to answer to, which um, certainly sounds great a lot of times, but I, I really felt like that was lacking. And I, I remember specifically in my interview that was something that I was kind of reaching out to do is that I. Um, the only other experience I had working with other people was having to work in groups in design school. And so I, I really missed that kind of camaraderie. Um, I knew that my opinion was not always right. And so, and I knew how much I, I thrived off other people's um, ideas and creativity, um, whether again, it was design work or editorial illustrator, graphic work. It, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter what sort of background people had. And so um, I, I think it just really taught me to kind of, again, be able to work with people and be able to rely on other people, um, but still have that sense of independence and freedom, which working at a company, you have to earn that respect. You want people to um, put trust in you to, you know, make the right, again, for me, design choices and um, be able to uh, give constructive criticism where they think it it needs to be. So again, I think kind of reintroducing myself back in that environment um, was a little bit of adjustment, but again, it was something I think I really wanted to and was seeking by coming here and not, yeah. again, working just for myself. Right. But you, I mean, having worked for yourself, you had to deal with clients and customers, so you'd have a little bit of feedback. So, but it's probably a different sort when you're doing, sitting through a design meeting and. Sure. Um, clients are always, uh, they, they come off most of the time thinking they know exactly what they want and that's rarely ever the case. Um, and to no fault of their own too. A lot of times, you know, they don't have the experiences that we have in terms of, um, the sorts of, uh, skills and, um, really again, just the kind of day to day, what goes into the design process. I think they're usually a lot of times just expecting what they want and they, they want it right now, or they wanted it two days ago where, um, you know, the, the difference here, the contrast here is that I'm working with people that, we have different tasks within the magazine, but our uh, collective love is woodworking. So, and I, we, we've all had different experiences, but they're through this vehicle that is woodworking. So I, I think there's a, a kind of a mutual understanding there with, um, um, what's going on and what's involved in the process versus someone who just, you know, is paying for your time. You know, it's like, here's the money, you get the project. There's really, uh, there's really nothing in between. And it, and I, I, I say that with a grain of salt too. I mean, I really enjoyed working with people and that it really helps you grow and make those sorts of decisions about what you want, what sort of direction you want your career to be. And at that time, I, I just knew if I was going to do custom furniture work again, I wanted to do it with at least two or three other people that had a different skill set, so we could kind of collectively uh, achieve the same goal. So, yeah. Now you both can probably answer this, but <clears throat> You know, there's the cliche that, uh, you know, the best way to kill a passion is to turn it into a job. Yeah. And like, Logan, you were a hobby woodworker before starting here. Yeah. Do you find that that's been the case? No. Well, so that's one thing that I was concerned about um, because I've heard from a million people and it, it is my experience working with people in this industry that, you know, if I go... If I go out uh, and talk to a professional woodworker, 
that is really well known in their field, that's not their hobby anymore. Yeah. You know, it, it might have started like that. Yeah. Um, you know, Al Breed's a good example. He's a he's, he's probably one of the best period furniture makers since the period. You know, world-class carver. That's not his hobby anymore mm-hmm. because it's his job. Right. You know, um, same thing with, uh, you know, Jimmy Clues, world-class turner. That's not his hobby. His hobby now is going out into the desert to find gold, you know? Um, so that was one of my concerns. And I don't know if you remember, I interviewed here with uh, you, Bob, Wyatt, and I asked that question. I said, "It does, does doing woodworking every day kill your enjoyment out of it? And everybody said, no. Um, Wyatt said that it uh, actually made him a better woodworker because... It's a lot different making a dovetail joint that you're going to use on a project and then making a dovetail joint that you're going to zoom in and blow up and <laughs> take a photo of and put it in a magazine. Um, so, no, it hasn't. And actually, I feel like it's done the opposite. Um, and that's, you know, when we were talking about what we want to talk about during this podcast, it, you know, we want to talk about what's going on with the magazine, um, what we're working on for the current issue, because historically, the magazine's been something that we've, the magazine's been what we've done. Right, it's Wood- been the center of the universe. Yeah, it's been the center of the Woodsmith universe. Um, and that's not necessarily the case anymore. Now we're more, you know, again, hating to use buzzwords, but we're more content creation now. Yeah. And it's having the, now uh, we're, we're shifting into, you know, driving content that we're personally more interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, turning's been a big interest to me. Uh now I, I guess being involved in the woodworking community now every day, you know, living, breathing woodworking with, uh, the, the magazine, the show, the uh, digital content we do, the video work we do, all that stuff. It's bad for me because I start finding these little rabbit holes and I start going down <laughs> them and it started with this turning thing. And now I'm like super like, <clears throat> I'm super interested in doing resin casting. So it's like at some point, like Dylan said, you know, we're going to start working a little bit more with pop woodworking, um, which, so, which is, which is fun because it gives us another outlet platform. Right. Uh, It gives us another platform to, I don't want to say express ourselves because it sounds really deep, but it gives us another outlet to, to, to produce content of stuff we like. Mm -hmm. right? Right. So I'm super interested in doing, resin casting you know i've seen a lot of videos of people doing um resin spheres sure and they will use a piece of burl as the base of the sphere right and then they'll put like a little millennium falcon on it Hmm. and then resin cast around it And when you turn it into a sphere it looks like the millennium falcon's flying over like an asteroid like it's super cool i mean they're stupid little tchotchke things you know not really useful but they're super cool right um and it just it fascinates me so there's there's things like that these little um, specialties in woodworking that I feel like this job has kind of exposed me to. And I may have been exposed to them anyways, but it's not like I would have had the resources to, to test them out and try them or the time. Right. You know, now it's here. It's like, you know, I'm interested in that. Right. I can justify going and spending time in the shop and purchasing the materials, you know, whether it's, you know, my own money or the, you know, for an article from the magazine funding it or a, a vendor funding it um, yeah. for an article, uh, we can now justify that and I can justify that and I can experiment with it more. So, yeah. so no, it, I think it has done quite the opposite. 
I think it, I think this job has not killed my level of working by any means. I think it's kind of stoked that ember Expanded a it. bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Would you say the same thing? Yeah, I think this place has just really kind of turned into an incubator for all of us to kind of just try different things and, you know, kind of see what lands, which, I mean, what is ultimately what you should be doing anyway. I mean, that's that's how you grow as a person, as a designer, or really whatever your, your trade or um, uh, place of interest is. So, I mean, I... I feel very fortunate in that. And I, again, I kind of alluded to uh, my experience working for myself <clears throat> prior to this. And, you know, I think at the time uh, things weren't working out the way I wanted them to. I don't think I was really approaching things. And I was very conscious of that. Um, but again, it's a learning curve. I mean, I, I felt like I was getting really, really beat down by just working by myself. And I think just accepting the fact that maybe, you know, you're not cut out to, um, you know, be a, this great custom furniture designer that does it, you know, all on your own yeah. as a trailblazer is okay. And I think at the time I was, um, not as accepting of that. And now I kind of feel, um, like I'm in a place where again, we're just, we're all able to just experiment and do things and it's okay to fail. Like it's actually great to fail because yeah. that's how you learn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And once you kind of, uh, start to accept that you realize it's just part of the process, you know? Yeah. Which I, you know, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy about here is everybody. And it's, it's interesting when, um, Brian and Vince hired me, uh, they said, we can teach somebody to write, but we can't teach somebody to enjoy woodworking. Right. You know, which is, is one of the biggest things. And, and that's what I found with everybody here. Everybody here is a woodworker at some level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it's, uh, Bob Zimmerman that does a bunch of home improvement stuff. Right. You know, he does a lot of construction type home improvement stuff. Eric Loggie's the same way. He does a lot of, uh, he was a trim carpenter for a long time. You know, he, he likes, uh, the DIY, um, trim carpentry home improvement type stuff. He's a great illustrator. Great illustrator. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's interesting and everybody here has a, a story and they're all super interesting people. Um, like I wouldn't even want to know what Chris Fitch's mind looks like. You know what I mean? Like if you could <laughs> get he, like or a, what he does outside of work. Yeah, I don't even want to know. Um, but everybody here is like such a uh, an interesting person and a maker to some extent. Right. Um, and I th- I'm excited for us to to branch out not only in Woodsmith to maybe uh, experiment some of that stuff, but having the outlet of Pop Wood, you know, right. probably working to, to experiment with some of that stuff. Um, well, and I think you get the idea that, you know, I did anyway, that certain magazines have a focus or a face, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that it's Woodsmith does X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that's what they are. But like you said, coming here and getting to know all the people, you realize how diverse the field of woodworking is. Yeah. Well, and how many stories they yeah. are here you yeah. know everybody that's here has a different story right. um which is super cool and and to be fair i think you're right you know most magazines have a style right um you know there's always been the you know quote woodsmith way right uh, the woodsmith projects um and those projects and those plans are are our core of what we are that's what we produce but we have this entire fleet of staff behind it that has interests that lie, you know, outside of the Woodsmith projects, you know, whether it's, it's turning or whether it's, um, carving or 
you know, whether it's design, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, stuff like that. So uh, it, it's interesting and it will be very fun over the next couple of issues to see where that goes. Right. Um, Cause I mean, it's not like there's gonna be a drastic shift in Woodsmith. No, but there will, I think there will be some different type of content. Yeah, you know? I think so for sure. I, you know, w- well, we're seeing that already. You're working on an article that, yep. Two articles based on this enthusiasm that you've had yeah. for turning. Yes, correct. You know, because you're working on uh, a technique on turning a sphere. Yep. Yep. And then also like lathe tools. Yep. Must have lathe tools and accessories for sure. Woodsmith, and then also have a uh, tool review for Popwood that has to do with some turning tools and uh, the Infinity Router table. Right. So, and that comes from, you know, like when I started at Woodsmith, one of the big things that was kind of drilled into us is that when we were writing an article, especially a technique article yeah. or what we call department articles mm. is we had to be the quote unquote expert on it. Sure. And, and I think magazines in the past probably had that assumption that the people who were writing for them were experts or authorities or something like yeah. that. And I don't want to take away the fact that we don't know what we're doing or imply that. Sure. Sure. But I think, but we our, learn. So, our society and thus the magazines that we produce or the content that we produce has now flowed to a point of where it's like shared enthusiasm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's a good way. That's a good way to put it, especially since, you know, active interest media, who is the, the parent company of Woodsmith and the, that's who we are employees of. We are enthusiast brands. Right. Right. If you look at every one of our magazine titles across the board, under each title, there is a group of people that are enthusiastic about that. And I think shared information is, is a great way to put it. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's interesting because Woodsmith's always been Woodsmith magazine. And obviously we have the TV show, but now it's more of, you know, yeah, the magazine's one of the things we do. Right. We do a lot of stuff. Yeah. We, we are more of, um, shared knowledge is a good way to put it. Um, we all enjoy knowledge. We all enjoy teaching. We all enjoy learning. You know, I love, I love nothing more than going and spending a weekend somewhere learning a new skill or technique. I mean, right. that's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Not saying I would rather do that than spend time with my family. Yeah. But I'll jump at every chance to yeah. go. Yeah. And then having that opportunity to share that experience. Exactly. And you know, the, you know, the lessons you've learned along the way with other people. Cause I think in the past, uh, there was the idea and I think this comes to play in design work is, you know, there were authorities, sure. you know, like this person was the expert on that. So sure. if you were going to talk about chair design, you had to make sure that you referenced these historical figures and that your work is really just a derivative of it. Right. But, you know, like you're working on a, a workbench project. Sure. Um, which is sort of quote unquote outside your lane. But on the other hand, you bring a lot of design experience and woodworking experience to bear sure. on, on, a, on a workbench. Yeah. The, that's kind of the paradox of the woodwork or the, excuse me, the workbench, you know, kind of, you know, I go into these things and if I, do, I feel like I'm not 100% on them, I, I do, you know, I'd go and do my research, you know, and that's great. The thing about a workbench too, is there are standards, but there's not standards. I mean, it, you know, the one thing that I've come across that's universal, the workbench is that you want it to be stout. You don't want to be able to walk it across a table. But with that being said, 
what are you going to be doing with your workbench? Right. So if your workbench is merely just a table that you need to clamp stuff through, it probably doesn't need to weigh three or 400 pounds, or maybe it does. Yeah. Um, and again, there's just all these kind of uh, elements or kind of caveats to it, which that's kind of the psychology of just design in general that I just find so fascinating that I'm not afraid to be wrong, but, and I'm trying to consider what other people would want out of these projects. Um, and again, there's a lot of back and forth between, you know, doing the digital stuff and then actually building it in the real world. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. th- again, this project is a perfect example of this. You know, I was, I'm gluing up these huge blanks for these five by five inch legs. Well, you know, after trying to glue up one five by inch by five inch leg, I'm realizing that most people probably don't have an 18 inch bandsaw to cross cut a leg to length and their, their, <laughs> their 12 inch chop saw probably isn't going to do it either. I mean, it may, but again, these are just it goes beyond just what I want for the project. I mean, can you do this in a shop that is, you know, half the size of ours with certainly a fractional amount of the tools we have. So, you know, you go back and you revisit dimensions. Um, again, there's just, there's a, there's a lot that changes over time in a project and as simple as they look, sometimes they're, they're not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's, I think it's okay if, we want to make it the projects as approachable as we can. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think it's okay if it goes outside of what everybody has. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like we're not we're not we're not here building, you know, birdhouses. We have. We built some really awesome right. birdhouses. Yeah. But it's like I think it's okay if you know, if the legs six by six. Right. I mean, yeah, we have a big bandsaw. We could cross cut them. You could hand cut it. You could hand cut it. I mm-hmm. mean, there's there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. You know. Right. I mean, there, it, it's okay. And we get those questions all the time. It's like, hey, I don't have this tool. How do I do this? It's like, well, here, here's four options. Mm-hmm. Tell me the tools you have, and I'll help you figure out a way to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's okay, and I think it's. I mean, heck, even the, we have one project. This issue that is. Uh, what I would call abstract and that's the weather vane. Right. Right. You know, and I think those are, those are fun projects. Yeah. I mean, it's, is it practical? Is anybody going to build it? I don't know. It's super cool. Yeah. I mean, I love seeing all the techniques and, and some of these projects are just technique builders. Mm-hmm. You know, the weather vane is a good example. So it's a big, Oh God, it has pretty seven foot tall, six foot tall. Well, on the post. Yeah. Well, on, on the post. Yeah. 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 It's, it's on a post. Um, but it has a turned sphere on it. Mm-hmm. It has some brass work. Um, some brass letters and shapes. Um, it has, a little bit of sweating, a copper piping. Yep, so yeah, yeah. there's some soldering involved. Uh, and there's some like stylistic shaping with the moon and the arrow. And it's, it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Not everybody might build it, but some people are going to think it's really awesome. Sure. And I'm glad, yep. you know? So it's, it's one of those things. It's, and that's, that's the thing I try to remind myself as I look at a project and I'm like, um, the, the Empire Chest that we just did sure was one of those. It's like, that's definitely not my style, but somebody out there will love it. So yeah. it's worth doing, you know? So, and it, we, we, get, we do get feedback on some of our projects occasionally. It's like, that's the dumbest thing in the world. Why would you do that? Right. Um, the chisel case was a good one. The yeah. roll top chisel case. We had, a, we, we had a couple of emails that people were like, why would somebody ever make a case for their chisels? Then we got photos from people that are like, hey, I'm not going to put my chisels in there, but look at what I put in it. Like, right. This is super awesome. And it's like, yeah, we a couple of people really like the project. It's worth doing. Yeah. 
And there gets to a point where we start recycling projects. And well, so, and I think that's the benefit of... Um, that's the benefit, I feel like, in the type of world that we're working in here in creating content the way that we do right. is the way I look at it is that we're inviting people to come along on our woodworking journey or whatever. And you get to kind of see and be surprised by the kind of stuff that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, is, that it which was, is fun. Yeah. We're not you know, trying to be the de facto of the woodworking world. We just want to throw projects out there that people might spark interest. Yeah. And there's yeah. some people that read our, read our content because they just like the story that goes along with it too. It's not always. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I would say that's a majority of the people just like to read and learn. Mm-hmm. They may never do it. You yeah. know, we're doing a sphere turning article, this issue. There may not be anybody that read that, that turns a sphere. There might be a dozen people that pick up that article and say, you know what, I'm going to try that. Yeah. And that's great. But some people are going to read it and just say, that's super cool. Now yeah. I know how to do right. it if yeah. I want, if I ever want to. I I remember I saw it in Woodsmith. I know how to do it. Yeah. And I, one other thing that I like about our content and, and shifting our scope. So, you know, we've always put, you know, most of our eggs in one basket as a magazine with us trying to, to, to broaden out our reach. We're hoping to, to reach more people, you know, like, yeah, there are people that want that print magazine. But there's some people that just don't want it. You know, there's some people that just want to want video. Um, and I think what everybody will see is we're going to start pushing a lot more content out on our website as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our department articles um, will be on our website and available for people to go read and just generally learn from, mm-hmm. um, which will be fun. So we, we started talking, Phil. We didn't really get to you on your thoughts as far as has, <laughs> has, has being at the magazine kindled your love of woodworking or does it like, Oh, I get home and I don't want to do that. I know the answer. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's really kindled it. And is shortly after starting here. I noticed that my skills ramped up really quickly. Yeah. And part of that was due to the fact of you had mentioned it earlier when you're making photo props <laughs> that have to appear in the magazine and you know, I did a lot of writing for shop notes yeah. early on, and the art director there, Carrie Christensen, was uh, tons of fun to work with, but super demanding on what he wanted to see. Yeah, and yeah. I had to remake props <laughs> early often. on, yeah. often, sure. because something wasn't quite right on it. It's like an exercise in futility. Yeah, yeah. And yeah it, basically. And, but the result of it is that uh, I notice a lot more in my own projects. And, you know, so my skills have vastly improved in a lot of areas because of that. Yeah. You know, the funny part is, is that I don't, you know, and I've gotten a lot faster at being able to set up certain things and and to do things, but it still takes me the same amount of time to build a project. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm faster at all these other things, but now I'm much more detail-oriented on other stuff. So then you end up focusing on it that way. So, um, and I think the other part that I like, and this was something that sort of surprised me, uh, and the fact that I've been here as long as I have, and... How long have you been here, Phil? Uh, this fall will be 18 okay, years. Okay, just wondering. So, for all, for all the listeners. Right. They, want, so they were I, wondering. Yep. So, is just how cooperative it's been. Yeah. 
there's been very few people that have been uh, either standoffish in their personality or unhelpful. You know, for the most part, yeah. you know, we have a really, you know, if if I come up with an article idea, but I don't get to write it, but you do, yep, it's super cool, yep, and it ends up being a great article, you yeah. know, or vice versa or whatever, or you know, I've yeah. I've gone around with a bunch of the people here. Um, projects that I want to build for myself mm-hmm. and ask ideas and well, get and, some input yeah. on it. And and, and I is, think that's the best part of it is, you know, I don't feel like I have to, you know, stuck of, in your own head. Right. Yeah. Either stuck in my own head or, you know, that my position as editor or being on the TV show or whatever, yeah. you know, I can walk up to Dylan and just ask him a question about design or, technique or something like that and we're two woodworkers talking yeah. about stuff yeah and it's not yeah i would say i knew i knew what your answer would be because we get random texts at 10 o'clock at night saying hey what do you think i should do with this piece of wood because <laughs> like yep phil's in his shop yep. <laughs> i'm sleeping and he's woodworking because my shop's in the basement and my kids are asleep wah, wah. but i think that's the best like you said it earlier dylan like having a group of excited woodworkers around yeah, yeah. i mean makes your own work better yeah just because you're excited to be around them too, you know yeah. whether or not they give you input or whether your idea ends up being the right idea or not. It's yeah. it's it's nice not having to Google everything for anyone, <laughs> which I which, think a lot of us default to. We do still, yes. So yeah. we, we do have again. We've alluded to this several times, but just different backgrounds and different experiences, and I'd much rather just have an excuse to go talk to somebody. Yeah, about sure. what they've done or what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, and you know the methods that I use to build a project now are directly related to things that I've learned from people in the past. Here, mm-hmm. you know, when I started, yep. uh, I had done some woodworking projects and quickly realized how much I didn't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I started hanging around with Steve Johnson in the shop and asked him, like, yep. hey show me the way we do stuff. And it was like once a week, Steve would sacrifice an hour of his time and kind of do a woodworking teaching sessions or whatever like that. And that, that was, that made a huge difference to even how I build projects right now. So on that note, let's switch gears because next weekend is our first in-person shop class right which is going to be super fun um that crept up fast (laughs) i know i know i just thought about that i was like oh crap that's that's next weekend uh but that's one thing we're starting to do i mean because we have this community of woodworkers here and we all love teaching i mean you and i teach out at a local store here uh often in the fall and winter Mm -hmm. months um we love we love being around woodworkers. We love teaching. That's why we do our live event in the fall, mm-hmm. um, and we have two days of you know packed full of presenters, woodworking, and it's just a lot of guys, a lot of guys hanging out and ladies hanging out um, that love woodworking. Uh, but we're also going to start bringing people here, not bringing people here, but people are, we're inviting people to come here for classes, for classes, yeah. for for building um, some projects that we've done in the magazine. So mm-hmm. this first one is going to be the. Uh, Auxiliary, auxiliary, auxiliary advice that, that Chris, Chris did. Yeah. And he's actually going to be teaching the class. So so to be clear, we're doing six classes, yep. mm-hmm. weekend classes, uh, more or less every other month starting in March. Yep. And the idea is is to do something different and yet not really different all at the same time. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you because know. we've always, 
thought of ourselves, I think, as a teaching magazine. Yeah. To teach people how to build, a pr- teach people how to do woodworking through the vehicle of projects. Yep. And now we're just taking that in a much more personal way that we're going to probably going to bring those pages to life. Yeah. To be a little cliche more about one-on-one it. one-on-one approach to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. size of the classes is relatively intimate. I think 10 people. 10 people. Yeah, 10 people max on them. Yeah. And then we'll have, you know, the, t- the person that's teaching the course with, uh, at the minimum, probably one, if not two other people. Yeah, there'll be a couple of us here. So, yep. um, which I think is great. I mean, just, and just because you're coming to work on one project, I mean, they're just, they're invaluable skills that are going to be applicable to whatever project you work on. So yeah. And um, being in the same place with a few other students too, I think has a lot of merit to be able to just share stories and ideas and approaches and tool preferences and all of that kind of stuff just kind of comes out, um, naturally, you know, and without being really dogmatic or formal about it, you just, yeah, we're going to see how Chris works because we're watching him work rather than him having to like think through every step and think of what's the right way to show stuff. We're just going to see how Chris works. Watch him look like he's preparing for an improv class in the shop. Like he normally does. Exactly. Full conversation. Yeah. So we're going to do the weekend classes will be, you know, like all day Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) Yep. Um, uh, you can see the course list at uh, woodsmithshop.com slash weekend where it'll have all six of the classes on yep. there. Dylan, you're doing one. Logan, yeah. you're doing I'm one, doing one. Yep, I might. I'm, I'm um, yeah, there's a few of us that are doing two of them. John right. and I are doing one together. Right. Which will be fun. You'll John and Logan to, show. You get what you get. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's good. No, it's going to be fun. I think uh, people can show up, basically. Well, I mean, you have to sign up. Don't, please don't show up at our door. Right. <laughs> we won't have no material. Surprise. Uh, surprise, we're here. Uh, but, you know, people can come. They could spend a weekend with us learning how we build stuff and they walk away having built one of our projects from the magazine. Right. You know, it depends on what class will depend on what scale. Um, you know, we have stuff from as small as we were doing ribbon handle boxes mm-hmm. clear up to probably the biggest one we're doing is a stretcher table. Yeah. Right? Dylan's Dylan's table. Stretcher table, that sofa table, yeah, sofa table that you're, uh, that you're teaching. Um, so people can show up and the parts will basically be cut to size and then we have all joinery work. Right. Uh, it's the joinery and the details. What we yeah. want to do is, you know, recognizing that a lot of projects take a certain amount of time to do and we don't have a ton of time to get it done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, basically, everybody's going to show up. There's going to be a workbench for everybody, um, a stack of parts, the plans all printed out. Yep. Most of the, all of the hand tools, you know, will have shared power tools and things like yep. that. So the focus will be on learning those skills to go from like project parts to the finished project. Yeah. You know, we haven't, we haven't really talked about it, but I would love people to bring their own set of tools if they want, like their hand tools. Oh yeah. And I've been in contact with a few people. Yeah. Already on that. It's like, Hey, yeah, bring them. And if you're having a problem with the technique on your hand tool, let's look at it. Let's see if we figure out, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe it just really truly needs an edge put on it and I'll show you yeah. how to get edge. Or, or maybe there's just a different way to, to do use it. it you yeah. know, that, Exactly. Theirs are probably sharper than ours anyway. <laughs> well, you know, when it's a shared shop space, it's nobody's yeah. shop yeah. space. When it belongs to everybody, it belongs to nobody. <laughs> no, but it'll be cool because, every you know, we have, what do we have in there? Uh, but there's a behind-the-scenes element, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. that this is, you'll be working in the shop where all of our projects are built. Exactly. Uh, we're going to do a tour. You'll be able to see... Uh, the TV show set, uh, our photo studio, magazine offices a little bit. You get a sneak peek of what's coming up in the next issue or something yeah. like that. Um, 
and then we'll do some photos and we're going to put those in the magazine and online as well to yeah, just that'll be fun. kind of spread the word and share the joy of what we're doing. Yeah. These, uh, anybody that's ever went and did an in-person building class always have great things to say about them. I mean, yeah. it's just fun to hang out with a group of people that are interested in the same thing you're interested in and build something and learn. And it's a blast. I don't, I don't know how somebody could hate that. Yeah. Um, so it, it will be fun looking forward to it. I just realized that means we have to clean the shop before next weekend. Right. That sucks. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of companies coming dust. Time to clean the bathroom, sweep everything out from underneath the so, rug. Plus yeah. we're just really desperate to hang out with other people. That is right. true. Yeah. We're in Iowa. We need people to come visit it's us. It's been a long winter. It's been a long cold winter. Yeah. But no, uh, Phil, do you have a, you have a, off the cuff improv question. Last podcast we did. What was your favorite dinner? Okay, hit us. Uh, your default activity for a Saturday morning: uh, sitting on my couch, drinking a cup of coffee, watching whatever show we're watching currently. Right now, we are going back to the seasons of that '70s show, which is gold. It's hilarious. <laughs> I only watch the Woodsmith show when I'm at home. <laughs> um, uh, wow. I w- Saturday mornings. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I drink coffee in the morning, hang out. I usually read for at least an hour, but walking the dogs first thing in sure. the morning yep. is kind of a good way to just uh, really wake up. Otherwise, I'll, if I don't really jump into that, that morning routine that I have in the week, I'm, I'm bound to not really leave the house until noon. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. To be fair, Saturday mornings, we actually have a standing chiropractor appointment. Okay. So I get up, drink some coffee, watch it, and then we go to the chiropractor. That's, and where, then we, that's where the podcast in. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then we end up going to breakfast somewhere with the kids. Okay. So that's kind of our eat-out time for the week. We'll usually take them to like Perkins or sure. uh, somewhere for breakfast. So if you guys have any good breakfast locations in Des Moines, let me know. That I can bring my kids. What about Phil? Or did you? Uh, Saturday mornings for me is usually coffee, um, being able to just have some quiet time to do some reading. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Although I will say that there's a lot of Saturday mornings when I'm uh, teaching classes with the Des Moines woodworkers. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, I forgot. You're kind of going to be an old pro on doing these classes. <laughs> Phil's a seasoned vet. He is the seasoned vet. He's 18 of, years. Of people. Yeah. 18 years he's been at. Yeah. You, you've been here longer than half of my life. Yeah. I just want to point that out for yeah. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> For all those people listening on the radio, you can't see my walker, which is just off screen. So. But, you know, you go. with wisdom comes something. Responsibility? Sure. With yeah. power. Great wisdom with- <laughs> comes Spider-Man. <laughs> All right, I think that wraps it up for today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Shop Notes podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can contact us through all the medias, uh, online at Facebook and Instagram, through our website and email. Uh, please also leave a review for this podcast and the others that you've listened to. The higher reviews that we get, This is the mechanics of how podcasts work. When more people listen and review, the podcast gets seen by more people who are looking for podcasts. And share them with your woodworking friends. Yeah, share them with your woodworking friends. Uh, If you have any topics or questions that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, again, send those in, and we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. See ya.
This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build, from furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs, and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com.